Namaskar. Hello and welcome to P Guru's channel. I'm your host Sri Ayer, and today I have a brand new guest, Sarah L. Gates, Director, Hindu Human Rights Australasia, and she's gracing our channel for the very first time. A happy Mahashivratri to you, and how are you, Sarah? Namaskar. Happy Mahashivratri to you and to all our viewers. Thank you. So, viewers, Sarah is one of those people who I don't know how she stumbled into uh, Hinduism and she's a PhD scholar. She's doing her PhD. I'm going to let her talk about herself. Uh, she's also uh, a director of, like I said, Hindu Human Rights Australasia. She's based in Australia. Uh, Sarah, a little bit about yourself before we jump into our topic of the day. Uh, well, I think the best way to explain it is that I was always quite spiritual and asking those questions of who am I as a small child. So I was naturally drawn to spirituality and meditation and learnt things from my, my father and my grandfather as a child. And when I was seeking, desperately seeking as a teenager to find the answers to life, the universe and everything, I stumbled across a uh, Yogacharya of the Saraswati order. She actually picked me up hitchhiking. And from that day forward, I was just enamoured by traditional yoga. So I took that path and continued. And here I am still continuing. So um, you've uh, you've grown up all your life in Australia, right? Yes. T talk a little bit about your education. How did you decide to do research on the topic that you are currently researching? Well, my PhD brings together two things <clears throat> that I absolutely love. One is yoga and the philosophy of yoga the principles of yoga, like yama and niyama, and then there's the benefit to humanity as well. So I wanted everything I'd learned um, to be brought into something that could benefit uh, humanity to prosper toward um, environmental justice and social justice. So I brought the yogic philosophy into a PhD and uh, it's taught me so much I didn't know. Uh, and there's still so much that I can never know in one lifetime. So I think I'll have to make do with, um, you know, some kind of closure and complete this uh, as soon as possible. Um, Sarah, uh, you know, uh, some uh, texts say that the very first yoga teacher was Shiva. And his first set of disciples were the Saptarishis. Have you come across that story? Yes. Well, of course, Kashmiris uh, tell the same story, and um, that's that's part of our lineage. I mean, our guru, our our lineage guru in Kashmir Shaivism. Yeah, yeah. Amriteshwara Bhairava. Uh, he's our guru. He's our Adi guru. So this yeah. is our lineage, and uh, we believe the same thing. And he's the Adi guru of all yogis. Now, um, for some time, you were also doing a PhD on Kashmiri Shaivism. And I mean, the, the two are related, like I just said. Um, how did you, you know, find Kashmiri Shaivism? Because it is believed, I think I've told this uh, before in some of my hangout, that there was a uh, volcanic storm that engulfed the earth around 40,000 years ago. And this storm, practically killed all of humanity except for small pockets of people who happened to be on the other side of the Himalayas. And guess where that is? You know, some people in perhaps the modern day Tibet, 
and also what is modern day Kashmir. So in some discoveries, they say that the entire population came out of this Kashmir population that was, you know, that escaped from the ravages of that one volcanic storm. Now, how far back did you go for your research and how much background preparation did you have to do to pursue PhD in this topic? Well, background preparation uh, was immense. If I hadn't studied yoga, uh, traditional yoga, tantric yoga, and Vedanta before I started, you know, the PhD scholarship, there's no way I could have understood the significance of Kashmir Shaivism for world peace, social justice, you know, bringing an end to violence and hate. These type of, um, you know, these are central values within Kashmir Shaivism. And, you know, they say that you can't understand this until you've already got your senses under control. So you have to have gone to that, you know, gone through the Raj Yoga process to actually even start conceptualizing some of these um, teachings because it relies on um, the Gyan Yoga, the Pratyabhigya. Um, mostly the Pratyabhigya um, theory, which is that of um, recognition. So it's very similar in a way to Vedanta, where it's just that you know yourself by direct perception, you understand who you are. So it's you need to have that framework first to be able to recognize the difference between, say, the 24 Tattva system and the 36 Tattva system. If you're talking about historic uh, geological, um, you know, changes. We know that Kashmir was, you know, this, the, the folklore tells us, or the history, as you would like to put it, um, that, that the Kashmir was created by the draining of a lake, which is named after Rishi Kashyap. And there was a, um, you know, he overcame the demon um, and um, by draining the lake and the, the lake became the rivers and the rivers of the goddess and there's all those stories there but there were I think three um, geological um, events um, and one of those geological events was resulted in the draining of that lake so there's there's quite a bit of scientific research behind that but you know that's not really my sphere so I, you know, I took that into account um, that there's some science behind what they call uh, folklore, um, their historic, the ancestral stories of the Kashmiri people. And, you know, I find that very interesting that, that there's evidence there of seismic activity that, that they say that it was Lord Shiva who, you know, um, threw down his trident, you know, and then uh, there was the the pass was created, the Baramula Pass was created, which then the rivers came from. So that was the story, but it, you know, it's quite fascinating. Yeah. You know, um, I was talking to you about Sringeri, that, that town of Sringeri, that's where one of the Shankar Mats was established by Adi Shankara. And uh, it is named after Rishya Sringara, and he is the grandson of Kashyapa. So, you know, even as we are talking about one story, it leads us back in a link and it is again back on Shiva. So I, I find this thing very amazing that, you know, we've been uh, thinking about recording and it so happened that the day we ended up recording was a day that is considered as Mahashivratri. So I think yeah. it's a very good propitious sign. And uh, viewers, this is not what we're going to talk about. Now we are going to talk about the real deal. So... Sarah is very active on Twitter 
And it so happens that she got pulled in to a Twitter thread where, you know, the, the story goes like this. I'm going to read it. I have this thread in front of me, so I'm going to start. This thread was started by the Hawkeye. And here, Wall Street Journal and Hindutva Watch published an article about weapons on sale at the Bajrang Dal-related Facebook groups. Now, here is the interesting thing. Anyone can put any name to create a group on Facebook. Did these people check to see who it was that created this group? In fact, there's not one, but there are several BD groups. And, and if you look at, I'm going to give you the link to the thread, Twitter thread, and you can go and read the entire story. At the very end, or, or perhaps towards the end, you will see a tweet by Sarah. And I want Sarah to explain what you did, what you said in that tweet, Sarah. Well, I uh, did some analysis and I did some image searching, reverse image searches for the weapons that were in the BBC Bengali version. So you had the Wall Street Journal version, but the Bengali version, when you translate it, <clears throat> there's a lot more information in that that reveals the total lack of um, evidence behind the uh, conviction of Hindutva Watch that these groups were you know, maliciously established um, by Bedring Dahl and um, selling weapons and that those weapons were likely to be used against minorities in India, you know, bringing in everything but the kitchen sink. So uh, I took the BBC Bengali version and I, you know, just searched. And the first group that came up, there's, there's dozens of groups, by the way, of Bedring Dahl, I think nearly 100 groups and pages, even more, and um, they're not affiliated at all. Um, this this group, they've used the Hanuman uh, symbol in orange and black, and they've used the same one for these handles, which were newly created in January, uh, January and February. So they posted into the group as soon as they joined the group with these different names, and they copy-pasted the text across each of their posts. So these are the new ones which have some kind of Hindu iconography behind them. But when you search for Desi Katapistol on Facebook as a whole, there are thousands, thousands and thousands of ads and they often replicate the same text, the same images. Some of the images go back three years so you can just image search them and you find that they've been used in all kinds of settings. And I think the most alarming one that really, you know, triggered a deeper study was when I saw that an identical ad was published um, in Hindustan um, News, I think it's called, uh, Hindustan Times uh, in 2021. And, you know, Ludhiana police were, you know, busting these, these rings of um, illegal arms, uh, you know, possessors and, and dealers. And, you know, once you start looking and looking, you can see this is part of, a, a, you know, a gangster culture that's targeting Indian youth, but you can't tell anything about the people behind these ads. There is just nothing identifying them because they all copy paste their, their names, their profiles, they could mean anything. And this particular group was set up on the 3rd of September, 2022, um, by a fake account with two followers. So it's like, why are they making these big generalized, you know, conspiracy theories that there's something about eight, so he only found eight 
ads. He, he, he was talking about eight ads in the, um, in these groups. And it's like, why did you pick eight ads out of, you know, six groups when there's hundreds of groups and, and not all of them have anything to do with religion. Most of them don't. <clears throat> Some of them are religious uh, groups, like there's Muslim groups in Pakistan, gangster groups with hundreds and hundreds of these ads. Why do you pick out six and then, you know, malign the Hindu community with no proof? So it, it really disturbed me, the fact that they're doing that. And um, then she discovers that one of these BD groups is operating out of Peshawar. And, and the guy actually puts out his video also. So when you go and click on the Twitter thread, you can see the video also. Uh, so Sarah, thank you so much for doing that extra step of reverse image lookup. So you, you didn't stop at maybe what many of us will do, just Google something and then you will say, well, hmm, maybe there is somebody, some loony out there. See, this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to figure out a way to make Hindus what generally very sattvic by nature to try and say that, no, there are bad elements in you also. And, and it's easy to create any name. Nobody does any checks to find out, you know, if the algorithms probably are not set up to understand Bajrang Dal means a certain religion and that the name of the creator appears to be from a different religion. Therefore, there's a conflict and so on and so forth. Anyway, so th these are all things that we have to look out perhaps for in the future. But Sarah, this just the simple activism that you're doing, has it landed you in trouble? Oh, of course. I mean, I I came to the attention of a set of anti-Hindu, anti-Hindutva, anti-Zionist, anti-Semitic anti activists here who are connected to communism, Khalistan and Islamism or defenders of those um, ideologies. Uh, when I first just asked a professor for a reference on the 24th of August in 2021, and they started producing volumes of hit pieces, um, you know, accusing me of being an extremist, a terrorist, a Hindu, for Nazi, a white supremacist. They tried tying me to, you know, all kinds of um, abhorrent activities and like continuously, they just cyber trolled me. They made complaints about me, you know, <sighs> there's only so much you can do uh, to stop them. All I can do is every time they produce some disinformation about me is write a thread because it comes up in Google search. So then you've got my account and next to their account and the more they do it, the more stupid they look, to be honest. Like what kind of a anti-extremist um, expert or counter-terrorism expert frames innocent people as terrorists just for calling out actual like empirically evidenced acts of terror. It's just the most bizarre thing. So that's that's happened. And there's there's a whole bunch of them uh, working together, collaborating in Australasia, and they're targeting Hindus, Hindu journalists, Hindu academics, uh, Hindu politicians, people who stand next to Hindu politicians, people who wear orange shawls and tikka or tilak. Like this is the, the extravagant lengths that these people go to alienate and isolate the Hindu community from having any representation of voice. 
So they've got a whole network of people that are on their side and are pushing this narrative and it's just building and building and building and they just keep commenting and citing each one. So they link each one of these articles that they've built and built in time. But when you dig down to them, like the first claims they made, one was about Vishal Jude and one was about me. And, and none of these people bothered to fact check the claims that, that, that were made in there. But I've screenshot everything. So, you know, one of these days when I've got time, I'll have to, um, they're really crazy. I mean, if you start a whole, if you build a temple that's like out by, you know, two millimeters at the bottom, it's going to be, you know, by the end of the day, it's going to be tilted at the top. That's what they're doing. They're building this edifice, which is built on totally faulty foundations. So all you need to do is basically you know, one brick is, you know, <laughs> have you played Jenga? And the whole thing falls down. <laughs> have you played Jenga? Yeah, and I'm actually <laughs> not that good at it. <laughs> I used to play sticks when I was, uh, we used to do it with sticks when I was a kid. Yeah. Right, right. So uh, you're not alone, Sarah. Uh, almost all of us have been subjected to this kind of stuff abuse, verbal abuse all sorts of nonsense articles get written about us and we don't care because the truth is on our side and exactly. Sarah you've got a new friend and through through this uh, video you are going to be essentially recognized all over the world as someone who's a true Sanatani and uh, welcome to the club I'm not I'm not sure I'm authorized I mean I'm certified or, or in any way I'm you're already a member of the club because there are no rules for being a Sanatani. You say I'm, you declare yourself a Sanatani, you are a Sanatani. You can you can pray in any way you want. There are lots of ways to uh, you know to get to the truth. So thank you very much for taking the time out on this busy day. It's a weekend, and uh, I'm I feel guilty almost to that I'm holding you here talking about this. And let's hope that more of us start you know digging into more details present the facts be relentless and and that's how you're going to overcome this battle because the yeah. other side has the time and the money we have very limited time and no money that that's where really the the battle is but we are not going to stop here we are just getting started thank you once again Oscar, and talk thank to you, you soon namaskar thank you bye bye Thank you.